Hey, Midnight Founder fans, we got some great news for you. The e-competition sponsored by RevRoad is now not just once a year, but it's twice a year. And this is where you as a founder can come and pitch your business to a fantastic panel of judges and win prize money. Central Bank's excited to sponsor it. We'll be giving away $10,000 to the top winner, $14,500 for top finishers. So we're excited to be there um, sponsoring this event again. And I would love to hand you the check for $10,000, but you got to get your application in. So come join us at the RevRoad e-competition and get your applications into ecomp.revroad.com by March 11th at midnight. We'll watch for those to come. Welcome to another episode here at the Midnight Founders Podcast. We're so excited to be with you today. This is AJ Rounds from RevRoad and Jake McCarg from CB Vault. Here at the Midnight Founders Podcast, we focus on telling behind-the-scenes stories for what makes a successful entrepreneur. We're excited for another week. Here we go. All right. Welcome to another week of the Midnight Founders Podcast. We're excited to be here with Dale Majors from Venture Anyway. Yes. We got it. Happy to be here. Thank you. (laughs) So to get started, um, we usually ask for the 30-second pitch on what Venture Anyway is. Yes. So I help... Uh, motivated entrepreneurs, first-generation entrepreneurs uh, focus on what's most important and create systems for their life. So similar to like Gina Wickman's track, Traction book. Oh, right? yeah. Like an entrepreneurial operating system for the business. I'm yeah. kind of like that for I people's personal one. lives. Cool. Is that uh, is another term that people use in the market, kind of um, uh, life coaching or consulting, life consulting? Uh, is it... Uh, yeah. How do maybe. you describe I, it? I mostly do group coaching. Okay, group coaching. And uh, my my focus is to create environments that allow people to um, dis- discuss and explore good principles mm. while meeting other great people. So everything I do is in groups. I don't do any individual coaching. Um, people will. Uh, I, I get people together in groups, and we discuss how you can be more deliberate, focus on what you care about most, be more efficient, focus, you know, the right amount of energy in the areas you care most about. Um, and everything like the sec- the side effect of everything I do is that people build more relationships. Very cool. So, um, Dale, tell us how, tell us your journey to get to that point. I mean, that's kind of a cool thing you're doing. So how did you get into that? Yes. Where did so your journey start? I had in high school, my, I, I'm one of nine kids. Can I give you like the two minute version? Yeah. Not Whatever you want. Version. I'll give you the two this minute version. This is your so podcast. Whatever school, you want. In high school, um, I was going to be a traveling salesman like my dad. And what did he sell? He yeah. sold, he sold material handling equipment, like feed, mm-hmm. you know, f- to process feed, uh, like feed bins and grain elevators and things like that. Okay. He, so he'd go up to Idaho, and when he was in Idaho, when we went with him, we could go to a movie or we could go bowling, and that was like my definition of success. So I thought, <laughs> I, and past that, I gave zero thought to what I was going to do um, when I got older. And I knew no entrepreneurs in my life. My uncle had stocks and, a, and an apartment that he rented. So he was like, he was a sales guy for HP. He was like the definition of wealth and success to me. Um. And when I was in high school, I stumbled into a store called NPS that sells salvage freight. It's in Salt Lake. So they sell things that get lost in the mail. And I love, I've always loved shopping. And I, you know, I sold candy as a kid, whatever. Um, cause I ate a lot of candy as a kid, but 
Um, Which, by the way, I, for the audience, you would never know that because Dill is the epitome of fitness right here sitting in front of us. <laughs> I'm kind of a granola now, but... Um, <laughs> it's great. So I uh, saw, I'd go shopping at the store and I saw there were the same people there all the time. So I'm 16 years old, I'm at the store, people are, the same people are there and I found out that they were buying things to sell online. Uh, and about a year previous, I had built a bike from scratch. And uh, when I was building that bike, I, I found out how expensive different bike parts were. And so I knew about bike stuff and they sold bike stuff at NPS. So I started dabbling like, oh, hey, I was making 60 bucks a week at the time cleaning an office building. And with that money, I started buying bike parts on at NPS and selling them on a, on a forum online. So I'd post, hey, I have these Shimano shifters. I, I didn't know much about them, but I would write down, here's the part number, yada, yada, yada. I'd buy them for 40, I'd sell them for 160. And it was a really cool thing. So once I figured that out, you know, I went to the bank, I got an overdraft of 500 bucks, and I just started spending all I could and investing in, in product. I did that until, uh, you know, so I graduated high school, I was doing that. I rode my bike from Santa Barbara to San Diego and did my first little bike tour. And then I went on a mission for the church to Portugal and then uh, coming back, I just picked up buying and selling things again. And that's that's what I was doing. I started doing multi-level marketing for new skin, and I sold vitamins. Everyone has to have a stint I, there, I right? Had, I had my own biophotonic scanner that you could scan <laughs> people's carotenoid levels. Um, it read like beta carotene or something. <laughs> Anyways, so I do that, and I go on. Uh, I ride my bike from Canada to Mexico with some friends. And I'd been selling casually the whole time. When I got home from that bike trip... I, I, it really hit me. And this was like one of the more meaningful experiences in my life of like, Dale, you need to be an entrepreneur or else you will not be able to do that ever again in your whole life. And, uh, I'd learned some good things from multi-level marketing. Hey, create a business and not a job. You know, there were a lot of principles that I liked. I just didn't like selling overpriced vitamins <laughs> to my friends and family. <laughs> so I talked to my dad. It's not a pyramid. It's not a pyramid. <laughs> it's not a pyramid. Um, so I talked to my dad, and this will, this will be a three-and-a-half-minute version, but I'm getting there. So I talked to my dad, and he wanted to get out of what he was doing because he got let go from his job and started again. Instead of making 60K with nine kids, he was making 45. And so we agreed that, hey, you know, once you can make three grand a month, this was working really well. I was great. I was really good at finding deals, and I was happy to be hanging around that store every day to find stuff. So I bought, I bought a lot of stuff. I paid him three grand a month and we became partners. Within six months, he quit his job. And that was in 2004. Uh, by 2015, we grew to 10 million in revenue. We had, a, we had like a pretty nice 25,000 square foot warehouse in, uh, Salt, in North Salt Lake. You weren't buying stuff from the NPS store anymore. So we were, we were going, <laughs> I was going to, it went from NPS. I always thought, uh, I think I'm a really good example of, you know, that song Frozen, the next right thing, you know, <laughs> you know, that, that idea yep. of like just figuring out what to do next. Um, I, whatever I had in front of me, I would hustle and do my best. Um, I'd go to NPS and I'd be there an hour early before anybody else. I went to my first trade show to gather stickers and pins or pins and posters, not stickers of like Lance Armstrong to sell on eBay not even to buy things from real companies. We were like not there legitimately. Um, but then I saw there, oh, maybe we could buy. Maybe people would buy from us. And everybody shut us down except for one company. 
Tytech who was going out of business. They're like, hey, we'll sell you our stuff. So we started buying things that were new. I went to bike swaps. There was a whole evolution. I sold, you know, hey, Dale, I have a truckload of rugs from overstock.com. Would you want to buy them? Sure, I'll buy your rugs. You know, I bought truckloads of rugs. I bought, in 10 weeks once, I bought probably, it was probably 20 weeks, I bought 10 truckloads of returns from overstock.com. So we bought and sold all sorts of stuff. Um, but eventually we focused in on bicycle parts, and that was bikewagon.com. Grew it to 10 million in revenue. We sold it. And then uh, at that point, and this is where I get into venture anyway, um, after I sold it, I stayed with the company for about a year and had this, uh, I knew I needed, to, I wanted something that I could work on for the rest of my life that aligned really well with my skill set and passions that I couldn't sell because it was almost depressing to not have something meaningful to work on. For 10 years, I had a job, uh, like a project. You know, We had 28 employees. I had stuff to do. And when I sold the company, I wasn't allowed to do any of those things anymore. And I kind of was just shuffling my, you know, feet and just not knowing what to do. So I, so that's about two years into exploration and it took really long and it was really frustrating, um, in some ways to not have a project, but that's where I, uh, decided that I loved, um, I, I like convincing people that they can do a little bit more than they think they can. Like, you know, convince the nephews on the trampoline to do backflips at Thanksgiving. I'm like, hey, here's the line. I'm going to, you will be doing a backflip by the time we're done. You kind of want to, right? Oh, no, not really. You kind of want to. I think you should. <laughs> it won't be that hard. Everybody's I'll doing it. I'll show you. I'll show you. <laughs> and, you know, and 45 minutes later, it's like, wow, we've got three cousins that are now doing backflips. Maybe it was only two um, that are doing backflips. And that, like, speaks to my soul. I love doing that. So uh, helping a lot of entrepreneurs like have jobs or they don't see like enough of the path that they can uh, to be as successful as maybe they could be. They may under, a lot of us undervalue our potential and we don't, we don't expect as much out of ourselves as we could have, I think. Uh, so I wanted to be involved in something where every day I could be involved in those types of conversations with people. And that was the idea behind venture anyway. And really the sentiment there is like, hey, you know, we all see these paths that are at the edge of where we want to like be, but we're comfortable and we're like, well, it could be cool to do that. It would be kind of cool, but uh, maybe not. And, and I want to be more of that, you know, encouraging voice of like, hey, you could do, you could do that. That's so cool. Yeah. Uh, I needed to raise my expectations apparently. I used to buy stuff from the Impest store too but I used to just buy the stuff I wanted and like see if I could get the best deal I could. And then I'd buy multiples and then sell enough to like, so I got the thing I wanted for free. <laughs> but that's where like, that was my like level of you success. Started. Like, you started, you didn't go I to the next success. level. Yeah. yeah, I was just so happy with that level of success. You should have met Dale yeah. a long time ago. He kind yeah. of pushed you to your limits, right? And yeah, beyond. And like yeah. even earlier when we were chatting before, uh, he already did this with the building. He was like, oh, you should do this, you should do this. Like he had some great ideas for me and like elevated what I think we can do the building so yeah he's really doing it you're a visionary that, yeah. it good speaks to you for yeah. not feeling that i was being condescending you know so i appreciate <laughs> no that, i love it yeah i love it i i think it's awesome so uh <clears throat> you rode your bike from canada to mexico and i know a little bit because uh, we've chatted offline a little bit and i followed you on linkedin um but i know you're doing another crazy bike adventure but i want to know more about like what is this evolution and have you done multiple bike trips and what's going on with that and and why are you doing this that's yeah. what i want to know uh so 
my why at the beginning, a very, the very powerful like motivation was I want to create an income stream for myself that's independent of working, being at home. So everything I've done has been optimized towards freedom. I'm a workaholic. I love to work. I love to create. I will do it for the rest of my life. I'm not running away from work. It's more I want to work when I want to work. And so bike touring is a big, it's always been married to that. So I ride from Canada to Mexico and my friends say, hey, if we're still single, we should go ride in Europe. So two years later, we were all still single and we took a, we flew uh, on standby to Amsterdam and we rode 3,500 miles to Lisbon, Portugal. We did the Tour de France. We, we saw a few stages of the Tour de France. We ran with the bulls. We stayed in an apartment for a week in Barcelona. We had wow. an amazing two and a half month experience. That sounds cool. So uh, two years later, I get married. Um, my wife, Brittany, we now have uh, six kids from two to 14. And uh, she, thank you, thank you. Mm -hmm. She uh, is very adventurous. And for our honeymoon, for our honeymoon, we went to the Little America for one night and then went home. So she was in school. It was kind of, you know, not amazing. Um, not the not like a cool, great one-week trip. But six months later, we went on a bike trip together from San Francisco to San Luis Obispo. And she liked it. We fought the whole time, but she still enjoyed the, the <laughs> cycling itself. You know, the first year of marriage was maybe a little rough. Um, <laughs> she put some headphones in so she didn't have to listen. Yeah, and then, and then uh, two, so two couples like screaming at each other on the road. Then That's we funny. have a, we have a baby. And when he was 10 months old, we tried to ride to Yellowstone, but, um, from where from Farmington, Utah. Okay. So we tried to ride to Yellowstone. We made it to Logan in three days. We ended up, and I don't want to go into this story, but we ended up not finding a place, to, not going up the canyon because it was going to be too dark. Going into the, um, like the north part of, uh, um, North Logan of North Logan, and I was just—I have done a lot of uh, boondocking or like play where you just go find wild camping. You find a place to set up your tent and you just go to sleep for the night. Um, and I was trying to do that, and we we have a tandem and my wife and the baby, whatever. And oh, so I the see baby this was lady, with you. Yes, I see this lady walking her dog. And um, long story short, we camped in her neighbor's spare bedroom um, in a trailer park. <laughs> so I actually tell that story at the retreat. I probably will tell that one again, but um, on March 3rd. Uh, but that was our first like totally lousy bike tour. Okay. So not, not a success. The next day we rode home all the way home and then we ended it. But then we found out because that there it was wasn't a, a good experience. It was or? too hot, uh, poor okay. planning, okay. bad roads Two a year later, we went to Germany and we rode along the Danube for 200 miles, and that was beautiful and easy and awesome. So the next summer, we tried with our two kids to ride from, we rode from Seattle to Crescent City, California. Too hilly, kind of terrible with traffic. But then the next summer... How, how do you, just really quick, so I understand, <laughs> how do you ride these bike tours with kids? I, I can't even so, imagine. Well, they Eddie, both have headphones in at that point. Eddie, yeah, they're the same thing, right? I mean, wow. So at first, we just put them in trailers. Oh, okay. And then, but we, we had this big idea with a one, three, and five-year-old that we would go to Europe for two months and that we would ride across France. So we rode from Nantes in France to like Stuttgart, Germany. So probably about 1,200 miles along the Loire River for two months. And that is a, that was like good and not crazy and not a, you know, 
a terrible trip. We've done that a few times. And this summer, we're going for three and a half months. We're going to take a boat from from New Jersey to Rome, then we'll fly to Zurich, and then ride from Andermatt, Switzerland to Holland, to like Hook van Holland, where you take the boat over to Dover, or to not to Dover, but to England. And then we're going to ride down to Normandy. So we're probably going to ride 1,500 miles um, along the Rhine and then down the Atlantic coast of France. Wow. That so, sounds like a cool adventure. It's not that crazy. It's just 1,200 miles on a <laughs> just bike. Just 1,200. <laughs> no, no, no. It's Road 15, bike, obviously, it's right? This one. Miles. No, the one you <laughs> yeah. did before. You were like, it's not that crazy. It was pretty good. Just 1,200 miles on Damn, a bike. <laughs> I'm impressed. This puts my spinning in the mornings to shame where I'm just stationary the whole time. <laughs> oh, I made it 35 minutes on the bike yeah. this morning. We killed it. I hit my 20 miles. That's it. I'm done. It's slow and steady, but we went last two summers ago, 2021, we rode about 600 miles here in the States, Missouri River, uh, uh, Pennsylvania area, uh, South Dakota. And my five-year-old, who was almost six, she rode 42 miles in a day once. Wow. And she rode 500 of the 600 miles. Wow. Good for her. So, that's impressive. Yeah. It's yeah, fun. incredible. You're building kids that are going to be, I mean, they're going to have grit. They're going to be tough. Good luck to all parents. I hope. I hope that. I hope that they will be tough. That's great and good. But okay. So uh, sorry for that tangent on the bike, but I thought it was fascinating. Uh, uh, I've been. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. I think it's a cool story. So if anybody wants bike touring tips, I have a guide that I put together that I just email people that they want. I'll publish a book someday. But right now we just compile everything that we're learning and with pictures and like gear lists and everything. So are I you, share that with people. Are you on like just an, for free? Do you have an Instagram um, account or something that you're tracking this or no? Yeah, probably. We'll we'll probably do a better job this year. Like on Facebook, I'm just Dale Majors. Okay. Um, Instagram Dale P Majors. LinkedIn. Okay. okay. I'll do well, something. You need a TikTok. So you could just record Something. a video every day of yeah. where you're at. I know. That'd be so cool. I mean, look we what... We have do, a 14-year-old We'll probably now, so. do some video. We will do some video this time. Look what James Lawrence did with the Iron Cowboy. You know, that is It entire, was amazing. Yeah, that, actually, that we, cool saga. That was We awesome. did, on our last trip, we did day one to day 60, and I wrote an everyday journal post, like a post on Facebook, mm-hmm. and it was amazing the 60 people that kind of followed along and read each day. And People want that. And I think they'll support yeah. you doing that. Yeah. So we will. I actually, we probably need to do the same thing where we say, Hey, this is, here's the adventure for the day. Not on the cruise. That's going to be 15 days of maybe boring, but, uh, kind of cool. It's a chronicle. Cru- it's a cruise though. ship though. It's a cruise ship. Yeah. Oh, it won't be boring. All in all, we we're getting eight people to and from Europe for less than $9,000. And one side is a cruise boat. Wow. So wow. United points and cruises. United. There you go. United. Hmm. 30,000 miles for one-way tickets back. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Okay, so you're doing um, you're doing venture anyway, um, and that's this coaching thing. I know you're doing uh, um, some retreats. You have one coming up on March 3rd. Mm-hmm. I'm excited for that one. Can you talk a little bit about a little bit more about that? And then also, um, I know you've got your co-working space, so love to hear kind of just an, a quick update on that, where it's at, and kind of what lessons you've learned doing that. Yeah, so... Uh, with venture anyway, I knew that I wanted to do these things, support entrepreneurs and the kind of the high level, uh, statement for myself with what, what it means to do the venture anyway thing is, Hey, I champion entrepreneurs and I don't know how I'm going to do that, but that was the sense of as long as it fits in that bucket, that's what I'll do. Uh, I've for four years, I've run four month long coaching cohorts where I charge 1500 bucks and people go through a group with 12 others and go through all my content like three hours of online content. 
Um, I've done that. Uh, I, I just ran my second retreat and this one on March 3rd will be my third where we have an all day business training. I present on my content and then I have several other experts that are going to present and long-term I want to have an event that goes from like 5am to 9pm and call it the best day where we just like cram anything and everything in for, for people, Mm. um, and make it this like really cool all day event. Um, what, what is the outcome, Dale, for those that are interested in this? What, when you go through your training, what do you come out having learned or being better at something or what? So what I want people it? to be more deliberate at executing whatever strategy they have and knowing that they're, they currently have a strategy. It just may not be the one they want. Hmm. We act in a certain way every day and every week and we're getting outcomes. So I, I want to kind of help people see like, are all these outcomes what you want? And I like to become, be really granular in helping people see uh, how that might look. So a lot of times I share my journey in, hey, here's how I started writing in my journal every day. I'm eight years in. Not that you should, but you could. And it's, there are things that we can reprogram in ourselves. You know, I started studying French for three to five minutes a day seven years ago. And now, because of that small investment, I'm like a legit mediocre linguist that can uh-huh. get around in, in French. When you're riding your you bike. Know, while I'm riding my bike through <laughs> France. There you go. Um, I want people to become more aware of opportunities that are available to them. And that's why I bring a lot of other experts in too. I want them to come away and say, wow, I just never really thought about it that way before. Uh, I think a lot of times entrepreneurs are so stuck in their business that they're maybe don't get some of the um, time to think about their just big picture life as much as they Hmm. could or should. And I think a lot of people don't connect the dots between like the things that they're doing every single day and the outcomes that they're seeing and the correlation between those things. Like they're just like life is happening to them where you kind of flip it on its head and say, Hey, these things are happening because of the decisions that you're making every single day. It's kind of like the entrepreneur's dilemma, right? Where they, they constantly are working in their business to the point where they forget to work on their business. Well, and Dale, you, you wrote this, what, yesterday on, about your flood? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, share I saw that, that. What, what happened Well, the, that? Uh, a pipe bursts in our building. Dale, there's six feet of water. And I'm thinking, <laughs> I don't even know of a room that's six feet deep, but I'm going to go. Great, here we go. Get to the warehouse, and there's a pipe burst, whatever, and it's flooding in one of the basement areas of our building. And, oh, it's going down into the gym. No damage. We were really lucky. It was in the lowest part of our building. I immediately grab a broom and I'm like, hey, you know, it's just kind of, this feels productive and we're, we're just kind of there absorbing the situation. But uh, we could have swept and we had to tell people, oh, don't worry about sweeping because there's still two feet of water in the room next to it and it's leaking in from there. You can't fix this by sweeping. You know, what we need is to find the lowest point and to install a good sump pump, direct the water into the toilet, <laughs> not into the, we don't want to make an ice parking lot. You know, and and that's the thing to focus on. But it was so funny to see different people like gravitate towards the broom or sweeping or cleaning this room, right? And I I think a lot of times there are a lot of sweeping activities that we can do in life that feel productive and they're busy and they're quick or like really attacking the the one issue. Um, I'm I'm helping with a nonprofit right now and I, I took over as president for a year and and there's a lot of voices on like, hey, we should focus on this and that and the other. But there's one glaring issue of like, this is the, this is the thing. 
I don't really care about anything else right now. Like if we could just solve this one problem this year, that would be, you guys have talked about it for five years. This would be huge. And I think, I think the problem is not a willing, not a, uh, an unwillingness to fix those things. It's that we never figure them out. Um, or we're delayed in figuring them out. I think that we all eventually figured out. And I, I really believe that there aren't, there's not like a handbook on how to live life. There's just principles that we need to apply wisely to our unique situation. So I'm really careful to not be too prescriptive because I think that life is designed to be confusing and designed in a way that where we have to exercise our own discernment, our own wisdom. We have to seek, you know, even divine inspiration to solve our own problems. I like to create environments for people that maybe just give them some more time to think about that and a forum that's open to just be like, Hey, you know, where do you want, where do you want to be great? Where are you? Okay. Just being good. Where are you? Okay. Okay. Being below average, you know, like I have language goals, like to be, I'm a language learner. I'm a linguist, but I'm a below average linguist and that's okay. Like that aligns with my values is I want to be able to get around in a lot of different places with people that are going to be really patient with my language skills and I'm okay speaking poorly, you know, that's cool. but I'll be able to connect with a lot of people. That's cool. So the entrepreneur in me, Dell, is hearing this and thinking, this is such a great um, opportunity or service for a lot of folks, you know, in the business world that are are searching for these things, right? Or maybe not. Maybe they don't even know that. Maybe they're they're discovering these things as they go with you, right? That's part yeah. of the whole process. So how do you, um, as a as an entrepreneur, how do you kind of scale that kind of a business? Because it's very custom, right, to each person. So how do you how have you been able to do that? So, well, it's custom. I've, I've put together a four-month track mm. that people can go through. So right now I have someone that I'm co-facilitating a, gr- facilitating a group with. So the idea is that I hire facilitators to run my groups. And uh, similar to, uh, there are other, other coaching companies like this, but I'm in Utah, I'm acting... In Davis County, I'm acting as the first coach. And my goal is to create a coaching system that I can scale to have to other markets and have people uh, run my same system. Okay. That makes sense. Cool. Uh, you've got, uh, is it called Builder Studios? Oh, Builder Studios. Yeah. yeah, let's talk about that. I never found out if that name was taken or not, but I do everything under Venture Anyway. So Venture Anyway, Builder Studios is absolutely not taken. So our co-working <laughs> brand is, uh, is Builder Studios, and we bought a 24,000-square-foot uh, old office building in Bountiful, Utah, and we've turned it into uh, uh, a co-working space. And uh, it kind of goes back to my, like, swap meet, uh, buying things at NPS scrappy days because now you're trying to monetize closets and you know, like Every my office is inch. actually in a closet. They're like, oh, you can have a nice office. No, I'm going to sell the offices. But that old IT closet is my office. <laughs> um, but uh, that's going really well. And it's fun to just be involved in a new project. There's all sorts of work that I'm not getting paid for. And uh, I clean the building with my kids. Like we're having a lot of fun. Just live. I'm just, I've dedicated the next year to, I'm going to give a lot of time to the building and I'm going to figure this out and I'm going to stand it up and learn a lot of lessons, deal with the contractors, buy a bunch of used furniture, you know, 
host Valentine's day parties on Saturday or, you know, <laughs> rent it out for that kind of thing. And, um, it's been fun. That's cool. Oh. Cool. Uh, so it seems like I'm, I'm interested to know this. It seems like you're a lifelong learner and you're kind of very proactive in that, whether it's languages or, or just, you know, becoming better, um, yourself. Uh, do you have any favorite books or tips for other entrepreneurs out there on how to kind of strengthen that within themselves? Yeah. I like the book, the power of habit by Charles Duhigg, uh, because it, shares a lot of the science behind how we uh, can be programmed, essentially. You know, a lot of us, like, what did you do the first thing when you woke up today? And did it involve your phone within the first five or ten minutes? And then when you were on your phone, what, you know, was it an incoming thing uh, that you didn't choose, that you just let into your life? Or was it something outbound, deliberate? Were you creating something? Was it incoming? And I think the way that we allow everything to set the tone for us, I think, you know, all the tech, the, the main tech companies now, Fang, you know, like a lot of, like we're, so much of it is about them influencing our attention. And I really like the power of habit because it, it says like, hey, you can kind of reprogram and create your own track for how you live and act and evolve over time. Um, so I like the power of habit a lot. Um, I like Brian Tracy's book goals. Mm. It, it, you know, it's three yeah, hours, I have, I have read that one. I three like that. hours of just like, you can become anything you want. You know, he's a little bit of a hype guy, isn't he? Total hype guy. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I, I love him. I've probably let, read that book 15 times. Oh, wow. Goals. Goals. Exclamation okay. point by Brian Tracy. Jake's looking him up right now. This is great. I'm going to type him up. At <laughs> this least. is, this yeah. is great. I've had 200 people read that book. Do you, so is that one of the curriculum you use mm -hmm. for yep. your, for your yeah. sessions? Okay. Got it. Yep. Well, this is cool, Dale. Um, what, what, uh, I mean, you've done some really amazing things from biking across Europe and Canada, Mexico and, and the businesses that you've built and then sold and now you're currently building, right? What, out of all your adventures and your different experiences, what, what stands out to you as the most unique experience or the craziest experience or, or something that you'll never forget? Mm. You know, recently, and I don't know if this, it, it's just one that comes to mind. So two last fall, well, two falls ago in 2020, we tried to hike to King's Peak in a day with my nine and 11 year old, my nine year old daughter and 11 year old son. Over in the Uintas, right? In the Uintas. From mm -hmm. the Wyoming side. Uh-huh. Yep. And we, we woke up at 3 a.m. and we kept going. We had to turn around within a mile, like 1.2 miles from the top. Uh, we got down, started snowing. Well, it was just terrible. Then we had like a, a five-hour death march to get out, and it was, it was rough. It was terrible. Uh, we did it again last year successfully <laughs> in 17 just, hours. I can just see you telling your kids, this is, this is fun, right? This is supposed to be a good time. No, we were, everybody would, <laughs> no. It was like, uh, we will survive this. We don't have a choice. <laughs> we will make it. We have it. to keep going. There was actually a talk like five hours away, still five hours. It's like, guys, um, we're wet and I'm freezing. Your mom packed you great, you know, waterproof things, but I'm wearing shorts. It was in the summer but we kind of have to keep going. So we can cry. You can cry the whole way home, um, but we can't really stop. Wow. So That's a good I just need to, we just have to go. Mm -hmm. And they just put their heads down and went. 
Um, so it was really, it was, it was special to be able to integrate my kids into that. And then last summer, my daughter, her, he, she does competitive gymnastics and she hurt her knee. So my, my nine-year-old son and my 13-year-old son, we did that and, and completed it in about 16 hours. Lots of hand-holding, some tears, but it was like a cool together, you know, experience doing something hard. So I, I think I like the... You've seen this theme of let's do hard things as a family. Yeah, well, I, I want them. Somebody told me once, they said, kids, you know, self-confidence increases as they, as they see themselves doing hard things, as they experience that kind of defeat. So whether it's, you know, the Deacon's Quorum at church, we're like, hey, you know, we did a 125-mile bike ride this summer, like a bike tour over several days, or I tried to take them to King's Peak. Everyone cried. Most of them cried. Um, we only went to Dollar Lake. But, yeah, I do, you know, I, I like that kind of thing. I want to spend my life on those kind of edges of, you know, those types of experiences. That's awesome. I've done King's Peak a few times. Uh, even the hike from Dollar Lake. So we usually do it in two days. We usually hike into Dollar Lake, camp the night there, and then do up and back all the way out the next day. Um, but yeah, that's a brutal hike. So it's awesome that you took your kids and, and did that adventure. And I kind of interrupted you. So you did it the next year with your kids and it was successful and everything went great. Still lots right? of tears. Yeah. Cool. And yeah. hand-holding. Yeah. We almost cheated a little bit. I'm like, just hold my hand. We cannot go your pace. <laughs> yeah, we'll I will never pull make you the along. 24-hour break. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, our support van is leaving at 24 hours. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Dale, what, what advice, um, as an entrepreneur yourself, what advice would you give other entrepreneurs that are listening? Um. I would say to not associate your value with your current business mm. and to focus more on your capability as an entrepreneur, what you're, the things you're able to do, what you know, what skills you have, you know, and focus more on improving that and those items that you can control and then putting yourself out into the world and working on things. But if you have a business that's killing it right now, don't associate all that value. <laughs> Don't associate that with you because, you know, there's so many elements that we can't control into a business that's going success, you know, that's, that's going well. And then if you have a business that's struggling also, don't let it bring you down and just focus on the stuff you can, uh, control. I love that. It's great advice. That's really cool. Yeah. Well, you've built some cool companies. It's been fun to, um, kind of learn a little bit more about your past and what led you to where you are today. And, and I'm excited to see um, what happens with the Builder Studio. And also, I'm excited for March 3rd. So if people want to sign up for Venture anyway, uh, what do they do? They contact me on LinkedIn. Okay. That's the There's best reach out, and then we okay. send invites to the retreat. Yeah. You're okay. pretty active on LinkedIn then? Yeah. Very good. That's yeah. how we connected. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's more of my top of funnel, like, marketing strategy for Builder Studios, Venture anyway. Mm. It's just being active there. That's been good. Fantastic. Okay, well, I'm excited to follow along on the the tour through Europe this summer. Uh, so I'll be looking out for those Instagram posts and and LinkedIn. maybe even on LinkedIn. Yeah, maybe I just need to throw it on LinkedIn. <laughs> you do it. Why yeah, not? You really Anything should. goes on LinkedIn now. Uh -huh. Yeah, because I'll be sitting at my desk and I'll be living vicariously through you as you're <laughs> traveling Europe. So what, what kind of what's your bike? What which uh, what brand do you like the best? Well, I have a surly long haul trucker, and uh. then for the most part, it, it splits in half. But I'm uh, kind of brand agnostic, really. Mm. Okay. 
so no sponsors for this show then for for bike companies. No, but no. <laughs> I like people at different bike companies, but yeah, right, right. That's cool. cool. Well, we end every episode um, and just uh, let the guests take the floor. If there's anything that we didn't touch on that you kind of would like to share with the audience, um, if not, it's great. But uh, the floor is yours. I'd love to share this about 10 minute story with both of you. <laughs> <I'm just kidding. laughs> uh, oh, no, I think, I think uh, this has been really enjoyable. And I think you asked good questions. And I don't think I have anything else. It's been a pleasure, Del. You can tell that just you exude genuineness and uh, caring, you know, for you. for other people. So I, I noticed that about you right away. So well done. Yeah, thanks for joining us. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Take care, Gil. Del, see ya. The Midnight Founders Podcast is a podcast about entrepreneurship that is hosted by CB Vault and Rev Road. CB Vault is the entrepreneur arm of Central Bank. And RevRoad is a venture services firm where companies come to grow. Thanks for listening to us. You can find us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcasts. This is AJ and Jake signing out.